podcast coming at you back to back nights talking wrestling once again but joining me today my buddy all the way from michigan what's going on jeff what's up rafa it's been a while (laughs) it has been a while it's good to be back on the full hill podcast yeah brother been too long too long my bad for not hitting you up that's all good man yeah it's all good Maybe we should do these more often. I'll hit you more. I'll hit you up more often. Please do. You know I'm always down. For sure, for sure. Um, so what have you been up to? It's been what a year since we've recorded. Maybe. Uh, for either show. It's been a few. It's well, yeah. It's it's been a year since we did did the other show. It's been it's probably been six five six months since I've been on with you. Me and you and Ryan did. Oh yeah, a we pay-per-view. did triple. Yeah, we did a triple threat. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, just. Fucking still working at the dispensary. Um, let's see. I think since since I've been on, I uh, got into a relationship. So I'm 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 dating a young lady. Congratulations! Who happens, thank you. Who happens to be a stand up comic? So that's been a lot of fun. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, she's cool. Her name is Kara. I I enjoy her very much. So other than that, man, that's life. Yeah, same over here. FHP knows what I've been up to, just working, podcasting, 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 trying to be consistent. These guys helping me out um, with the fight companions. They've been pretty free because of COVID, too, so as long as they're healthy, yeah. they're coming over. Right, right, yeah. Been uh, been temp screening at the door before you let anybody in? Here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got thermometers and everything. My fingers. I say you got, you got your little your little temp gun and and scanning foreheads for the coming door. I didn't do that at work though. I have to scan everyone at work. Frankie uh, has to scan everyone at work. Uh, Toucan pretty much is quarantined at home. He doesn't do much, so I'm good on that on that front. Jesus, yeah, he's quarantined at home working, so I'm good on that front. The only one maybe Johnny, I should probably be worried about. He'd probably ruin the whole situation and get everyone sick. No, yeah, you don't need you don't need a fucking young Jamie situation. Have somebody fucking catch COVID. Young Jamie too, yeah. Young Jamie's coming. O- he's been coming over recently. He's been uh, coming to the pay per views. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I hadn't I hadn't seen him in a while either. He, he lives in Waukegan, towards your area, maybe. Going towards um, Wisconsin. Okay. I don't know. Well, actually, you're Michigan. I don't sorry. know. I'm, I'm in sorry Michigan, to say yeah. it like that. <laughs> I was gonna say more towards Bowie is like Gary, Indiana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember going through Gary. Actually, it, it the trip is uh a year. The twenty second. Yeah. This this. Yeah. This month. Yeah. yeah damn. A whole year. Uh, hell yeah! Since we uh we had the rewrites up here for for a show at Unruly. Yeah. It's been that 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 was I think the last show I actually played because I had nothing booked. Before COVID hit, and I had some stuff booked for like spring and summer that all got canceled because of COVID. So, yeah, I haven't played a show in a year. Damn, that sucks. Yeah, man, it sucks bad. I yeah. miss it. I miss it a lot. The rewrites are working on stuff. I know they've been practicing since they can't do shit either. Right. So I mean, good. the whole entertainment industry just shut down. Luckily, I mean, like, <clears throat> fortunately for my girlfriend, like, they're able to do small open mic shows and things like that and socially distant stuff because it, it just is small crowds. But as far as like music and stuff, it's damn near impossible to get anything. Hopefully this uh, 
vaccine that they introduced. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens with that. It'll, uh, I mean, if it works, that'll be really helpful to, to whatever it takes to get things going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully yeah, it's, I'm it's, uh, asymptomatic because I haven't gotten it. I don't want to get it, but this uh, I've like been a, fortunate enough to avoid it as well. Yeah. But. Uh, but like I was telling you earlier, this whole keto thing, I was looking it up. Everything I'm eating and um, putting into my body's kind of been helping me prevent getting sick. It, it builds my immunities. Broccoli, cauliflower, sure. all the veggies, all the healthy proteins I'm eating. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of preemptively started doing it. I don't know if that. I don't know if it helped, but hey, I, whatever. I, it's fixed my back. I don't know if I've told you about that one. If anything, like the weight loss is awesome or whatever, and. You know, the healthy gut biome, but uh, it's definitely helped with inflammation and those back pains I used to have where it fucking I used to be crippled for four yeah. four days. I used to be in crippling pain. Uh, those have subsided. It's gone away. My back throughout the week is pretty much fine. It's just if I sleep on it wrong, it, I do kind of wake up a little, like, crooked. But nothing like sure. where I, nothing where I was f- fucked up. Like, ugh, those are some that's, bad days. That's That's great, man. Yeah, I'm thinking it was due to inflammation and shit and me just having a bad diet and pressure against the discs. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I just play one on TV. Yeah, I just play one on here. It was the Dulab Legata. You still uh, using the medicine ball? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Or not the medicine ball, but the uh, yoga ball? Yeah, I switch on and off. Right now I'm not on it, but yeah, I switch on and off. It's right over there. Especially when these guys come oh, over yeah. and we're doing long-ass shows. Right. That's usually what I'm on. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so anything else before we get into the paper, Jeff? Life's been kind of just at a standstill. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's. I mean, there's not a whole lot to report on. It's just kind of at a standstill. Yeah, except this whole political thing. You guys turned blue, right, this year? Michigan. Yeah, yep. Michigan yeah. turned blue, Wisconsin well, turned blue. Yep. We, we, uh... We got Trump out of there. Yep. Thank God. Trump's out. So. Hooray. Mm-hmm. We did. We did it. Hopefully the Dems keep up their part of the fucking agreement, but. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess that, I guess that's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we're here to talk wrestling. Um, little, little wrestling. Yeah. ECW to be more. More particular. Uh, so usually when I do ECW, I have the ECW expert just because. You were the one that kind of grew up in the era of watching it. I yeah. I caught the Saturday events, the Saturday hour events that they used to have where they showed like highlights and shit like that. Um, the old ECW TVs. Yeah, the old ECW TVs. I actually want to go back and start watching ECW so I'm not as lost uh, during these uh, break breakdowns or maybe when we have watch-alongs, I'm not going to be so lost and... I don't have to do as much research. What what was their, like, TV deal or their, like, weekly running program? Do you know what it was called? Because they have them on here on the network. It was uh, it was just ECW TV back in, the, back in, like, this time frame until they went to – until they actually signed a TV deal with TNN there towards the end in, like, 99 in the 2000 before the shutdown. And then it went to, like, ECW on TNN, but – yeah, it was just uh, ECW Hardcore TV was what it was called, the syndicated show. Uh, did they have a TV deal before, um, I don't know if you would know this or not, before uh, Shane 
threw the belt, the franchise threw the belt on the floor and turned it and went. They went hardcore no. pretty much. No, they didn't have a TV. No, deal. they. I mean, uh, realistically, uh, they didn't have a TV deal mm-hmm. until the end. There, when they were with TNN, they had like a small uh local tv deal with with the new york and the philly east coast areas and then it was just like a syndication thing that i don't even know if they got any kind of revenue from Mm -hmm. it or not and that's what caught the attention of the nwa right caught the attention of them and they're like let's hold a tournament with eastern championship wrestling and these guys are like we're gonna hit him with a swerve swerved them threw the belt on the floor and this was 94 so this is just a year before like pretty much a year before this that uh that they uh, changed it to extreme championship wrestling, <laughs> and but they were already doing hardcore. It's just sure, yeah, yeah. The I mean, name the wasn't enemy there. Was, <coughs> the public enemy was around, putting three people through tables. Uh, Sabu was in the organization, being crazy. You know the the beginnings of of people getting to know Sabu and stuff like that. There was there was elements of hardcore, but yeah, once. Once Shane threw down the belt and they became extreme championship wrestling, that's when the rocket ship took off. So Sabu, Sabu actually comes back at this pay-per-view, right? So I don't know how long he had been gone, but there were... Uh, a few months, I think. I think he no-showed. He no-showed something, an event for them um, to go to Japan. Polly fired him. And then... Uh, there was this whole time of like him not being around, and then you know the the fans wanting him to come back, and them not being able to work anything out, and then he shows up as a surprise guest at the pay per view. They turn out the lights and they they bring on, but that, but that's after the first match. Um, I guess let's get right into it. Uh, and maybe we'll do some watch longs later on when we go on. But I, like I said, I need to I need to start watching some of their TV so I get more familiar with the earlier characters. Build, and, build up the storylines and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in the first match, we have Donnie Allen taking on the Broad Street Bully. Uh, this goes to a no contest when we have uh, Bubba Ray Dudley. This is where I got a little bit. I was a little bit confused just looking at it by titles sure, and, sure. and just names because Bully. The, the Broad Street Bully, and I guess later on, Bubba Ray becomes the bully. Bully. Yeah, becomes Bully, bully Ray. Ray yeah. yeah, so I was like, yeah. it's, it's, you have to see the face, I guess, to put the name on there instead of just reading it out. That's why I like watching these. and then Because I, I went through this twice just so I could try to get a little bit more familiar with it. Right, right. Yeah, and this is like the early early onset of Bubba coming in where he's uh, stutter, still the stutterer, and, and uh, Devon isn't in the organization yet. It's, uh, you know, the Dudleys, the Dudleys existed for a while, the Dudley family, before Bubba and Devon came in and everything like that. Yeah. When they brought Bubba in, he was kind of a, a sympathetic, the crowd, you know, the crowd feels bad for him because of his stutter. They make fun of him, but Big Dick's always bullying him and everything like that. So mm-hmm. he's kind of that sympathetic heel at this point. Yeah. And they had all the other Dudleys come out too. Like you mentioned, yeah. uh, Devon wasn't a part of it because they, you know, that there's been a bunch of Dudleys. They actually had, uh, like you mentioned, Big Dick, that chubby Dudley. Sign, sign Guy Dudley. Sign Guy. So was dances si- with Dudleys. Yeah, Dances with Dudleys. Was Sign Guy Dudley derived from the Sign Guy? Because they have a sign. The, there's a Sign Guy in the crowd that says, this is the original Sign Guy, or something like that. I forgot exactly what it said. 
<coughs> I don't remember if if that's where Sign Guy Dudley came from. I'm I'm assuming because like a lot of the the front row ECW fans that always sat ringside were the same guys week in and week out. You had hack straw hat guy, sign guy. Um, there was uh, the dude with the black hair and the sunglasses. You used to see him a lot at New York WWE shows too mm-hmm. back in the day, especially like old Raws at the Manhattan Center and stuff like that. Like the ECW original fans that were always in the same spot. So yeah, it probably was a little tip of the cap to sign guy. Did um, not to divert, but did you uh, did you see like this twenty twenties? hardcore wrestling and how crazy and what extent they have to go to where they have to fucking break their own limbs to try to catch, get the crowd to watch them. You know, yeah. Did you see that guy that with the NWO song? Yeah. Yeah. The guy that, that jumped off the fucking now that's, ex- and- that's extreme dude. That was fucking crazy. Oh my God, dude. I la- like the first time I saw it, I had like that initial ah, shock, but after seeing Anderson Silva snap his leg live, like, yeah. and growing up as a kid and seeing, I was like, I don't know, six years old when Lawrence Taylor snapped Joe Theismann's leg. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. leg leg breaks. I'm deconditioned to it. It doesn't like fuck me up like it does other people. So after the first time in the initial shock, I fucking was pissing myself laughing watching that video on a loop. Every time that guy's legs just go fucking sideways and he crickets out. Yeah. So I, I broke my tibia fibia. So when I see that, you know how when ice scrapes or you like the nail, it kind of gives me that. Like, ah, a little bit. Like, oh, because I, sure, sure. I broke I, my leg. So I'm like, ah, I know that right. pain. But right. it, it, it went away after the like the first couple times I seen it because I'm like, this is, it's his fault 100%. If he wants sure. to be a wrestler... How about take some lessons, build some muscle? Because his legs were twigs. There was no muscle. Oh, they were right. So he was a big guy with tiny little twig legs. And I say this because I got to the size that I am because I used to watch wrestling and I used to lift weights while watching wrestling because I want to be as big as these motherfuckers. So I used to fucking stand in front of the TV, fucking pumping iron and shit. And this motherfucker comes out with with twigs, trying to jump off the second rope and stomp on the fucking. On the mat and clack, his knees just explode like both knees explode. Do you know what it reminded me of? Uh, the South Park episode where Kyle's uh, knees blow out because there were testicles. Oh yeah, because they're Mister Garrison's <laughs> testicles and they just. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me yeah. of something similar to that. <coughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's pretty extreme nowadays. I don't know if that's what they're going yeah. for, but. Well, you know, now that Danny Havoc retired, somebody's got to take up the mantle as most extreme wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. But um, in all seriousness, I hope that guy gets better. I heard I heard the breaks were really, really bad, and he's probably just, like, unhealthy. I hope that guy retires. Like, okay, yeah. bro, you're done. Mm-hmm. I hope he gets better and, like, he's not completely <laughs> fucked for life because it looked. Sure. His legs he's probably going like to walk with a limp. Yeah. He's gonna walk with a weird limp the rest of his life. Oh yeah, I hope. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want that for him, but the sad fact and the reality. To be of the honest, that's probably that... the, that's probably the best situation he's gonna have if he can come out with a limp. <laughs> Dude, his legs were like like this. Like, uh, he's, he held his leg up like because I did too. Like when I broke my leg, I lifted my leg up and it was broken. So it went, uh, 
His did that yeah. too, but at the knees, they went. Like, <laughs> and his foot was just dangling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm picturing it in my brain as we're talking about it, dude. That guy, uh, wanted, that guy wanted, he's like, I'm so cool. Look at this. Dude, I was, I saw it. I was at work when I saw it. So I was showing people at work and watching these motherfuckers just ah! like run away from me and shit. <laughs> Uh, all right. So uh, <laughs> back back to the card real quick. Uh, yeah. So it's supposed to be Donnie Allen versus the Broad Street Bully, but uh, it's ECW. Yeah. <laughs> match matches don't matter. Yeah. They even have it's it listed fine. as a match, but it's not a match. No, it just ends up being the Dudleys kicking the shit out of both yeah. of them. So Bubba power bombs Donnie Allen, but the one that really caught my attention was the one that he hit on the Broad Street bully. On the Broad Street, yeah. Yeah, he uh he got him pretty high up on the on the shoulder, kind of folded him a little bit awkward. I didn't like it. I was like, Ugh. yeah, it was a bad landing. I couldn't tell if it was if it was Bubba on the lift or if it was Broad Street bully. Like, mm-hmm. but he he landed bad. I I noticed it too. Yeah, that wasn't flat on the back. That took a lot of impact. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Bubba just winds up beating the shit out of both of them, and they leave. That was it. A little bit for the crowd, playing to the crowd. And then, uh, I guess in the next, it's not even a real match. It's, uh, Conan taking on Jason Knight. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, this is when they had first been bringing in, uh, Conan, and, uh, he started bringing around some of the luchadors and stuff with him. Yeah. So we'll see a badass luchador match later on. Yeah. So for those that don't know, ECW was was the original to bringing in the Mexican luchadors, which caught the eye of WCW, and eventually they'll they'll, they'll start bringing them in because um, Eric Bischoff isn't that much of a fan of the luchadors. He just saw that they drew money and they and he could use yeah. them for something. So he's like, Fuck they it. were they were getting big. They were getting big and putting on really good matches in ECW. So. Mm-hmm. And WWF is third to follow suit. They start their light, their lightweight division. Yep. At that time, and uh, put it on Takamichinoku. So, who also was in ECW for a while. Mm-hmm. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is actually awesome to go back and see. Uh, if you guys are Conan fans, I, because I've been wanting to get into more and more Mexican wrestling. Conan was pretty much their Hulk Hogan. And you can come, yeah. you you can see him here with uh, his mask and how fucking jacked he is. He is ripped. Yeah, dude. He Conan was always somebody I wish got a better push in WCW too because I always enjoyed Conan matches. He was a, a for for the size that he was as a luchador, he could perform and he he put out. You know, he was wrestling with the the, the mid tier heavyweight guys. And putting on really good matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess like com- the key, the t- compared to like, oh, sorry. yeah, compared to like the, um, I guess the big big guys. He's he's small, but compared to Luchadors, he's yeah. gigantic. I guess he's just in the middle. Yeah, and uh, maybe that's what kind of kept them from not making it to the top at WCW. But um, it's it's awesome that he was a transitionary in between. Uh, the luchadors to WCW to get them on TV to get people like me to notice them in a video game and be like, that guy looks like Spider-Man. I'm going to pick him. And then when you see him on TV, you're like, oh, that's Rey Mysterio Jr. Holy shit. Uh, that's the guy I pick on fucking video games that's not in the WWF. 
because WWF was a lot more fucking available. Yeah. At that time. But it's crazy to see that fucking Rey Mysterio started here too. And we'll get into Rey Mysterio a little bit later on. Part of the reason I picked this uh, card. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, I wish we could talk more about this match. Just It was a 14 second match. Uh, Jason yeah. Knight comes out super cocky. And uh, it's kind of more just an introduction to Taz being a, an official today. He's not necessarily just the official of this match, but he's an official. He's there to do business, and he's there to assert his dominance, pretty much. That's that's the promo he cuts. Yeah, Taz has been on, on the shelf with an injury for a while now. He's, he's uh, still waiting to come back from his broken neck. Uh, that he suffered at the hands of Chris Benoit, I believe. If I remember right, it was Chris Benoit who uh, pile-drived him and broke his neck Damn. in a tag team match. Austin situation? Like, same head was not a uh, Similar. Yeah, similar. Not not the same pile-driver that Austin got hit with Owen. I think it was actually a spiked pile-driver off the second rope or something. But I want to say it was it was Chris Benoit that did it. So I think he also broke Taz's or um, Sabu's neck. No, Chris with, uh, here. I wish, oh, he was probably already in WCW. At that point in '95, maybe. I can maybe he's him. already gone to WCW by then. I think you're right. I think he has gone to WCW by then. Uh, November 1995. Let's see what pay per view they. They would have put on uh, World War Three, 1995. This is where the Giant wins. Yeah, if he uh, he's probably there with the Horsemen at this point. Um, okay, he's taking on. Yeah, he's there. He's taking on uh, okay. Kensuke Sasaki. 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 Yeah, there we go for the extra yeah. United States Championship. Holy shit, he's already over there with that. Yeah, I think I think that might be. He's probably he might already be in the Horseman by now. Whoa! What uh? Would you put him in top three renditions of the Horseman? Benoit? Yeah. Mm, no. No. Maybe maybe number three. Let's see. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I'm like, mm, is he gonna round off for three? Because I know you, <coughs> you have Oli. The the only yeah. rendition, and then got, win the, the Barry, right? the yeah yeah. Well, I probably I, I used to be I used to be more for the original with Oli, but I think now I've I've flipped it to Barry the Barry uh, Horseman as one and the Oli just because of what as a as a competitor Barry I think did more than Oli. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Oli was a lot older at that point. Barry was, when he joined in, was, I mean, young, fresh, kicking ass, solid worker, and they were all holding titles. But, yeah, either either one, the original Horseman and Barry won two. And then, yeah, I guess I could probably go with the Benoit. I would go Benoit Malenko mm. as three more so than, like, Benoit and um, Mongo. Yeah, I was I was I wasn't a Mongo fan, even though he was a football player. No. Wrestling wise, I wasn't a fan. No, I never really was a Mongo fan. It was on the Bears, but still, I would just I'm like he does. Uh, he just didn't belong for me as a kid. Yeah, 
for sure. And neither did Lex Luger or Paul Roma Mm-mm. or Sid. Um, yeah, none of those guys should have been horsemen. Mm-mm. Like Mm-mm. the whole swerves on Sting, those were awesome. How he would join yeah. and they would swerve because he he didn't want to drop the number one contendership to Flair or they would just fucking swerve him for no reason because they were befriending him and then, then, fucking, and, yep. they fucking formed the Poor horseman sh- on his ass. <laughs> Poor Sting. Yeah. But... You need a baby face. You need someone to try to climb for the title all the time. That's right. It was the icon. Did you did you hear rumors that he was going to come out for Darby Allen? I had heard that, but we got Gangrel instead. Yes, we did. Did you did you watch Full Gear? <laughs> no, I saw the breakdown of it. I was watching the the fights instead, and I watched the breakdown of it. Did Very you, good pay per view. You saw Full Gear? Yeah, I heard. I've heard a lot of I good did. things about it. A lot of I did. I mean. Hangman, Hangman and Omega in the opening match was amazing. Damn, they fucking started off with that badass match. Yeah, yeah, they came out the gate swinging with that badass match, and then I think did they go no? So yeah, it was it was that, and then I think Orange Cassidy and John Silver were the next one, and then it went right to the uh, TNT title. They uh they had that first title match early. I I didn't think they were gonna put it on him on uh Darby. I Allen. didn't either. I was I was surprised by that. That that caught me off guard, especially the fact that Cody just won the belt back a few weeks ago. But keeps it fresh. Mm-hmm. Do you like the fact that uh, he won his name back? I did, I did, and that actually I uh, I kind of popped for that moment because like it, it had been pretty hush hush. And then uh, Justin Roberts was going through doing his normal intro for Cody. And you're waiting for that big, long Cody. And he just hits you with a short Cody and then busts out a long-ass Rhodes. And I, I popped. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I thought, I thought you'd be happy. Because I think what what happened was I think they both came to um, I think they both came to an agreement. These guys would stop going for WCW-named themed uh, pay-per-views. And he could have his name back. Because I think they changed the Bash at the Beach to, uh, I forgot what it was. Uh, but I think they're changing Bash at the Beach and maybe giving it back to WWE. I don't know. But I'm hoping they came to some kind of agreement or WWE is just like, fuck it, you can have your name. But Cody's... I thought I thought that WWE's fucking rights on it just ran out and they finally got it back or whatever. I don't know. I don't know, but Cody's got it back. That's all I know and care about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was. I thought it was a really cool moment because, like I said, I didn't know it. It it had been pretty hush hush to me. I didn't see anything about it, and then there I was waiting for the intro, and I popped. I I marked out. So this is what I've been feeling, Jeff. And let me see if if you like where I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah. So you have um. You have FTR already mm-hmm. over there, and they're the tag team champions, and you got uh, Blanchard with them, right, as their manager. Yep. You have Hangman Page um, kind of flirting with turning on Kenny Omega, even though they just had their match for uh, number one contendership. And you kind of have a fourth spot available to make a rendition 
Because I don't, think the I don't, I don't think they should call him the Horseman. No, but make a rendition of it, especially when you have Tully Blanchard there. That's already that's already a hint enough of Horseman of what you need, and you make it a four man stable. What would you think of Cody Rhodes being the fourth turn in that one? A Rhodes and the Horseman. Ah uh, man, I mean, I'd be cool with it. I don't think hang. I don't think they're gonna go through with the Hangman turn. I think it's gonna. I think after seeing the match and the way things have been going the last few weeks or so that it's probably leaning more towards a, a that Kenny's going heel mm. going back to the going back to the new Japan Kenny the cleaner, um, the cleaner yeah and and the reason Just I, like he, the reason I, I think Cody would work too is because he has Arn with him yeah Arn and, totally as managers and then you have a new horseman rendition I've kind of been waiting to see if Arn is going to turn heel himself because, like, what was it, a week ago, two weeks ago, when he uh, punched Orange Cassidy mm-hmm. during that match? I mean, that, like, it got glazed over real quick. Like, somebody in the commentators said something real fast, and then it it's never been talked about again. <laughs> Skiavone didn't say anything? I, I can't remember. I think Skiavone said something quick about it when it happened, but then they never made mention of it again after the match was over and haven't said anything about it since. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I fell in love with those podcasts. I, I should have jumped on them earlier. On the, I love that. I love, yeah. What what happened when has become one of my favorite listens every week just because it's fucking hilarious. Fuck yeah, him and fucking Skiavone. Yeah. I do enjoy Arn, though, especially at the Ask Arn Anythings. I've been wanting to get into the Arn ones. I just haven't had time because I've been getting more into music too. I've been listening to old school music that I, or new like uh, music that I've been missing that I've missed out on just because I've skipped out on music. But I've been throwing it more in there. But I do want to get into Arn's and J- I don't listen to JR's as much because I think we've talked about this before. Um, if I want to get information or anything, you said either go to the JR ones or the uh, Bruce Pritchard ones, and I do listen. To, I do listen to Bruce Pritchard's. But Bruce Pritchard, and I'm not trying to talk shit. They just declined because of his whole workload with WWE. Yeah, it's taken, no, you're you're not wrong. Yeah, it's, it's not the toll. same anymore. No, it's not the same anymore. Mm-hmm. Like he still tries. Yeah, and I give him credit. Mm-hmm. I mean, something to wrestle with is still a good podcast, but it's not as good as it used to be. Um, yeah, no, I I stay pretty consistent with uh, between Arn. What happened when in JR every week? I don't listen to Eric and never have. I'm just I, not a big I, fan of. I do listen to Eric. It's super informative. And like, if I if I want background stuff, like uh, for pay per views, like stuff that I might want to talk about for that pay per view, I listen to it at work and I, I'll write it down like something important. I'm like, oh, okay, I should bring that shit up because it does get kind of boring though. Because it does get deep in the that's, woods. It gets. Deep, that's deep what in I've the woods. heard. That's what I've heard. Eric goes off on really weird tangents yes. on shit. Yes. And I'm just not that big of a Bischoff fan to begin with. Maybe it's just because I'm still a bitter WCW fan. I'm back. Um, but, I mean, okay. I, I should take that back. I do like when they brought Eric into AEW these couple of times mm-hmm. uh, for different things. That's been cool. But I just don't think I can listen to Eric for two or three hours every week. 
Um, but I like Arn. Arn's cool because you get that he covers more recent WWE stuff, so you may like that more because it's it's uh like they go back and forth one week he covers a pay-per-view, an old pay-per-view, next week he covers they do a what or ask Arn anything and it flip-flops every week. Mm-hmm. But he covers like the pay-per-views that he was agenting at. So you get a lot of that insight as an agent, especially like the the 2010 era stuff because he was had been Big Match John's fucking agent exclusively. So I like that part. Damn, he, was, he, was, he was John's uh, agent. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. That's why I wanted to go back. Yeah, and yeah. Because it's, it's nuggets of information that they they all give you. Uh, but what happened that when just, is, it's is, different. Is, yeah, what happened when is different. It's it. it it's just goofy. They're bu- yeah, they're and buddies. I love it. You can tell they're buddies. Yeah, and that's what I like. I like listening to that uh, dynamic. Mm-hmm. I just like Tony in general, anyway. Uh, it's the voice of my childhood, but. Um, but him and Conrad really, yeah, it's just two buddies having a good time. Yeah. Fantastic. Saying goofy ass shit. Um, do you think they take the belt off Moxley anytime soon? Mm, well, coming at him. yeah, I was going to say, I mean, Kenny won that match. So they got Omega coming at him. It could be, uh, Pac is coming back. I'm excited to get Pac back. Pac back. I miss watching him in the ring. Like I got so used to his, I mean, he just put on such phenomenal matches. Um, I've been enjoying the stuff they've been doing with the NWA women's title. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I like, I like what they're doing um, there. And the, the you I know, know you saw that the second show, I think got greenlit. It's- yeah. They, uh, I, I listened to an interview with Cody, um, talking about it but he said it like they haven't really talked about what the second show is going to be yet mm-hmm. it's not going to be dark dark they're keeping dark on youtube um they like what dark is able to do on youtube and the second show i don't i don't know what what the time frame is for it or anything like that so i um i hope they start incorporating more new japan more nwa work some kind of uh relationship something unique i hope so too i've been i've been i think they've wanted to have that relationship with new japan but the uh the old brass in charge there wasn't really having it but now whoever was running new japan's out and somebody else is in charge i heard that as well i heard that as well that they they did change Um, management in in new japan and it seems like they have you know obviously they've got some kind of relationship going on with the nwa and billy corgan uh, because they've had the NWA's women's titles been being defended for a couple months there now. And uh, there was a couple of NWA guys, I feel like, that came over for the uh, challenge to Cody um, when during his first run of the TNT title when he was doing his open challenge. And to be honest, it helps out both shows. Like, they have more talent yeah. coming over and challenging their women. So... Their women well, the N- right now is what's kind of neat. They need a little bit more girls. They do. And the do. NWA gets exposure to their women's title. Yeah. And and the NWA hasn't been running shows. So, you know, these, these women, I mean, a lot of their wrestlers, but these women aren't working. So. 
I mean, if you if you're gonna give give him an opportunity, and I I liked having I like having Thunder Rosa around. I enjoy watching her. Yeah, I I love the the face paint aspect. Yeah, she's a good wrestler. Yeah, me too. And she's an MMA yeah, fighter. Right. Her and uh, her and Eva Lee's uh, have had some really good matches. Um, and, uh, oh no, it was Eva Lee and the Cuban chick that were. Diamante. Yeah, they were actually beating the fuck out of each other in their in their debut match, but apparently yeah, there's like then, some like back backstage heat that they've carried from promotion, like they just don't like each other. Oh, her and her and uh, Diamante. Her and Diamante. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They don't they don't like each other at all. Yeah, her and Thunder Rosa. Her uh, her her and Evelise actually got into it. Too. Oh, word. Yeah, her and Evelise got were... in, into it. Uh, the the first match. And then uh, they tag. They were tagging together yep. for mm-hmm. a while. Then, yeah, like they they won. They won that tag team tournament. They, I wonder if they put them together because of that. Because they were could be yeah. Because that uh, that first match, they were working really stiff with each other, and apparently there was a little backstage heat between them. I didn't know that. I knew there was heat with Evil East and uh, Thunder Rosa. Okay, I could see that too. Yeah, those two don't like each other. Maybe I'm maybe I'm confusing them too. I think maybe I think that's it. I think you're talking about those two. Okay. When when she first came in, because she wrestled uh, Evelise when she came in. Okay, because Evelise debuted, and so did Diamante, and then I think uh, Thunder Rosa uh, debuted against Evelise, which she was already there. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because they debuted, and then they ended up teaming together. They did the whole tournament, and then uh, Thunder Rosa came in. But yeah, her and Diamante had a stiff ass match. <laughs> I do remember that. Is I wonder if... Because I know Thunder Rosa is an MMA fighter. I wonder if the other chick is, too. Because you don't want to get tangled up with a fucking MMA fighter. I think... Ivelisse trains or is, like, in ju- practitioner in jiu-jitsu, but I could be wrong. I like Ivelisse. I've, I remember her from... Uh... Lucha? Yep, Lucha on the ground. It's weird. I caught two seasons, the first two seasons of it. I had never seen it. I like I, I knew about it, but never really watched it. But then had found out about people coming from there from you. Um, you know, other people like Ricochet and and uh, Penta and mm-hmm. uh, shit like that. But like, I didn't know who Evelise was when she came in, and obviously she's yeah, you know, she's a good looking chick. So yeah, it caught my eye right away, and then I watched her first match, and she put on a hell of a match. So I, I became a fan, started looking up shit on her. Okay, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, no, I. She was on, wasn't she on Tough Enough too? I'm not sure about that. I never watched Tough Enough. Me either. Early <laughs> one, I guess yeah. I did. Who does? I think everyone was interested in seeing the first one, and then everyone's like, "All right, this isn't worth it." That was the one I watched. Like, all the way through after that, it was like, God, I didn't watch it anymore. Yeah. For people that didn't watch Lucha Underground, it was pretty... It was something different. It was a little bit more soap opera-ish. Uh, they had a lot more Mexican stars. Corn was part of it. Uh, Vampiro was part of it. He was an announcer. And they actually had, like, uh, vignettes or, like, skits where it was, um, like, a soap opera skit. Yeah. Uh, yeah I remember, didn't, like, Vampiro die at one point or something and. Dude, they ripped out someone's uh, uh, heart and ate it. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I remember it, hearing some crazy shit. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. So 
one of the storylines with uh, Cero Miedo, uh, Pentagon, was uh, yeah, yeah. A, a super jacked mask guy. I don't know who. I forgot his name. Uh, broke his back. And, like, they had him, like, suspended, like, in some kind of getup and shit where, like, his back was all fucked up. It's pretty crazy. But, yeah, like, he broke his back. And he was, he was he actually was coming back and he was going to start having matches against this guy for the belt. Um at this time, too, they, were, they had some belt that you had to collect talismans and put them into the belt. And once you collect all seven t- talismans, you could challenge for the belt. Yeah, it got pretty crazy. It was like some kind of... Like, That's weird. It was like Aztec faces or like Aztec symbols on there. And like you made like a... It was... Some of the wrestling was pretty crazy, though. I, I was going to hear... I, I heard like the, the work was really good. Mm-hmm. Like there was good matches there, so... Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure there was voodoo storylines that I can't remember. They ripped out a guy's heart and ate it. <laughs> Kalema. Yeah, dude, that's all that was missing. <laughs> <laughs> now that's extreme, bro. Uh, let's get back to this uh, pay per view. <laughs> yeah, he diverged quite a bit. Yeah. So, yeah, the Conan Jason Knight match was 14 seconds long. Conan hits him with a razor's edge-like maneuver. Uh, Jason Knight, I guess, because you guys should know who Conan is if you guys are wrestling fans, but uh, he's wearing a mask here, shirtless. But Jason Knight is a pretty boy, very arrogant. uh, Rick Martel, douchebag-ish, kissing at the camera. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's kind of got a... Tatanka uh, mullet. That's the hairstyle. Yeah. Yeah, he's got... He's got a very 90s mullet. And yeah, the model... He's like a more modern version of the model, I guess. That's a perfect analogy for it. When I saw him, I'm like, who does he remind me of? I'm like, Rick Martel. I'm like, nah. I'm like, there's an essence of Rick Martel there. (laughs) And Rick Martel did do ECW for like a hot minute. Was Rick Martel in ECW? Um, or am I making that up? He might have been in like the the. Yeah, he might. Yeah, I think he was for a hot minute. I think when he left WWF. Because they after I think even after WCW. Because yeah. he was in WCW for a little while. Um, I forgot to mention that this match was a short match because Taz is a special guest referee. Jason Knight gets in his face, and Taz is like, oh, yeah, we'll start the match. Or he punches him, and then he starts the match. So Conan is like, all right, fuck this, and he just hits him with a move. Yeah, a nice like, a razor's edge type move, but with a, with a different finish to it. Yeah. It was, an, it was a good variation. I, I liked that. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen that before. Yeah. Unique. Uh, mm-hmm. Next match was... Stevie Richards with the 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 debuting Blue Meanie, <laughs> the debut of the Blue Meanie, uh, taking on El Puerto Rican or Puerto El, El Puerto Ricano, which is the Puerto Rican. So um, he looked more Native I, American than anything, to be honest. I I did not remember uh, El Puerto Ricano. <laughs> Why would you? He looks like, he, looks like a Native American, he, and he's very bland. Um, so from what I got from El Puerto Riqueño is he can wrestle, but it looks it looks like he put 
put the the match together in his in head, and he's just going bop, 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 bop. There's no feel. There's no flavor. It's just I'm doing this move to do this move to this move because the the ref is trying to count, and he's not even giving him time. He's already moving to his next spot on the ropes. Or maybe he's just excited. I don't know. When Joey stopped, I, I remember like he kept calling him the rookie, if I remember right. Okay. It was just like he kept referring to him as the rookie, the rookie. Yeah, the guy's wearing like blue jean shorts, like a black shirt, and he's got long hair. Can't really see yeah. his face too much. I don't, I don't, I guess I could see who he is. Um, Ecuadorian professional wrestler, so he's not even Puerto Rican. All right. he's, he's a phony. <laughs> <laughs> nah, his the, I guess this is his best thing is uh El Puerto Ricano and Ubas in uh WWF. But it, the jobber. Sorry. Don't mean to be as blatant as that. Total but... Total jobber. Yeah. I like I said, I don't even remember him in ECW. I don't even know who you are. You took mm-hmm. everything from me. <laughs> <laughs> when is that coming out? WandaVision. Um, I think. They're pushing it back, right? They keep on pushing it back. I, yeah, you know, I don't even know anymore because everything has constantly been pushed back. So, but all the movies are pushed back. I think they're still going forward with the television shows. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think since they pushed back uh, Black Widow, and that was part of the timeline, yeah. this is going to be part of the timeline too. I think they had to push the TV show back since they're trying to incorporate the TV shows. I don't think – well, Black Widow's not part of the timeline because it's a prequel. Okay. Well, who knows? It's a, maybe. It's a, well, maybe. I maybe. heard there was going to be a face but, swap with her and her sister, and Natalia's really alive. What? It's <laughs> that'd be all right. I'd be all right with that swerve. It's a swerve. It's a swerve, bro. bro. No, it just happened in the comics, so they're kind of like, "What if it happens here?" That'd be all right with me. But supposedly, it's supposed to be not be in the actual timeline. So realistically, it doesn't. Yeah, I think the the one that got pushed that kind of the Eternals getting pushed, but now I think Doctor Strange is going to come before the Eternals now. So I think they're still going ahead with the WandaVision show on time because they just pushed up Doctor Strange or some shit. I don't fucking know. And those two are intertwined together. Mm. I heard she might be the evil in that. Well, she kicks off. She fucks up the whole multiverse in WandaVision. Which watching too many theory videos on that. Excited. It's like the House of M series, basically, is what they're taking off on. Mm-hmm. And now they've already confirmed the mutant gene in in uh, the MCU. So yeah, did, did you see that they um they said that the the snaps are what is going to be the activator because of the whole release of the radiation. That's going to be yeah. what activates the X genes. That it's been dormant in people. But there, there have been some mutants because they have the X gene. Very rare. But yeah, now that, they now just couldn't. Snap, yeah. They couldn't. They couldn't say the word mutant until they yes. got the rights back from Fox. Mm-hmm. So they had to call them enhanced. Yeah, that's why. That's why the word mutant has never been used is because Fox had it. But 
I'm excited because Feige kind of this it is Feige, right? The guy that's doing this. Yeah. Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige's the the head of Marvel Studios. Mm-hmm. They've they I I really I have enjoyed uh the ten years before this. Well, by hell, I yeah. collected a ton of their fucking figures and wasted a shitload of money. We owe a lot of that to the Rousseau brothers. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, because like I've been I've been going back through and watching um, the MCU in the chronological order on Disney Plus. Yeah. And watching going from Avengers, the original Avengers that Joss Whedon did into Captain America Winter Soldier, you know, the the introduction of the fucking Rousseau brothers, it was just like holy shit. And then what what the Rousseau brothers did with the next Avengers movies and everything else to finish off the MCU, I mean they killed it. Next time I get a chance I'm gonna throw on the Iron Man movies from start to finish. It should be on Disney, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, the Iron Man's. Yeah. yeah, they have it. If you go into the Disney Plus and the Marvel section, they have it broke down in each phase, or you can, or they have it the whole timeline in chronological order. So instead of starting with Iron Man, it starts with Captain America, goes to Captain Marvel, and then into Iron Man one mm. and two and stuff like that. The only things that they don't have on Disney though is the Hulk. And the two Spider-Man movies because they don't own the rights to them, which sucks if you're trying to watch the MCU. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Back to the pay-per-view. Back to the pay-per-view. Um. Yeah. So the debuting Blue Meanie here gives Stevie Richards a shirt that I forgot what band was on there. Flock of Seagulls. Yep. There we go. I love Flock of Seagulls. And, Fucking Flock of Seagulls. Uh, it's because uh, Stevie Ray uh, has, like, band tattoos, and he wears flannel. And, yeah, he's got a Motley Crue tattoo. Yep, there you go. Stevie Richards has a Motley Crue tattoo. So that's why Blue Meanie uh, gives him that. Now that I remember, dude, I wanted to punch this guy so bad in the face, the guy that's next to Blue Meanie giving Stevie Richards the finger nonstop with, like, an angry face and, like, Doing this thing and like doing the the cross fingers and like I was like oh my god dude the guy with the shitty dreads yeah I was like I like yeah, that guy being a wrestling a, fan I don't want to be associated with that guy. He, he's a he's an ECW regular because uh, he was shaking up with Ray later on I think so he gets to fucking shake up with all these guys but like that was super disrespectful yeah I, like that whole little area of guys are all like the the. ECW regular fans basically that are always there together. I don't remember what he was, but I always remember seeing his shitty dreads mm. with sign guy and straw hat guy and whatever the shirt guy was. Was he tie dye guy with shitty dreads? Might have been. <laughs> I don't know what he's giving, but yeah, I was like watching that, and I guess they really couldn't focus away from it because it was a Stevie Richards kind of little thing. Fucking Philly, man. Yeah. Fucking Philly. Three-minute match here. Uh, El Puerto Riqueño gets a lot of his offense in early on. And then uh, Stevie Richards hits him with uh, two of his, uh, what is his power bombs? 
the Stevie bomb. Yeah, the two Stevie bombs, and then gets the win in three minutes. It's a pretty quick match. Well, blue. Eh, don't forget about blue meaning. Oh going yeah, for yeah. A fucking yeah. moon salt. Yeah, he misses the moon salt <laughs> on a Puerto Rican and uh, just flops. <laughs> but goddamn, did he hit a good moon salt? Yeah, yeah. For a, for a guy his size, and it was warranted because uh, El Puerto Rican Tope suicided early, uh, earlier at Blue Meanie. Yeah, so he had to get him back. He didn't, but he was trying to. Uh, Tope suicida! By God, by God! Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck! I forgot what move. Uh, uh, Conrad was telling because they were watching old school shit. And uh, he was telling him to do to, to to call it that. He was telling uh, Shivani to call oh, it. Oh, Tony! Yeah, what was it? That was like a couple of weeks ago. Something I can't remember now. <laughs> yeah, something. God damn it! Yeah, it was the something head scissors. Oh, I was the the Steiners were doing it. I think early on Steiners. Oh yeah, that was uh the that was like Halloween Havoc eighty nine or ninety. Yeah. I think yeah, one of those. Yeah, last week or something. Yeah, it was some weird ass fucking name, but it was hilarious. He was he's like, You should use it on uh <laughs> on AEW yeah. and watch watch Excalibur's head explode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking awesome if he did something like that. But it, it, and sometimes he is incorporating it more. He does he is realizing it is little Easter eggs for us fans. We're, we're, we're like, oh my god, it's fucking from the podcast. Like the low, yeah, and I don't think he realized it at first. Like, and he did till he started seeing the lowest rule shirts. But then he's like, I can do Easter eggs too, just by saying shit from the podcast. And he's realized it, but I, I you know, it's got to be natural and be worked in, of course. But I they have it. the best t-shirts. I've I've been, I need to make t-shirts for the podcast already. For me, I keep saying it. I just need to give two can money. Uh, fucking what happened one has the best shirts they're so fucking great i i've been coming up with ideas because i'm like i need merch um one of one of the ideas was uh frankie 316 says i just tore my scrot because <laughs> <laughs> he had an injury uh near his nuts and we used to say that he tore his scrotum <laughs> So that's one of my uh, one of my shirt ideas, and then um, what did I want to do for Jamie? I wanted to do Jamie the Jobber, bum fighting champion since whatever year he was born or whatever, because he used to beat up bums when he was a teenager like a fucking jackass. What? <laughs> yeah, he used to hit him with sticks and stuff. He was a fucking jerk, dude. What a dick. Yeah, well, he's a fucking dick. So we we call him uh, Boxcar Jamie. I think that's what it was. And he's a champion <laughs> of bums. <laughs> I used to call my co- the, my cousin that I used to live with Boxcar Rodney. Did he get we bums used- too? <laughs> no, we just, uh, he, was, he used to talk about like he was going to go be a, a, a hobo one day and ride, ride trains around the, the West Coast and... There was this whole thing about him getting addicted to heroin. He became Boxcar Rodney. It was kind of, it was kind of a sad tale, really. But yeah. it's probably, it's probably what's going to end up happening. Speaking of heroin, you want to meet up in Oregon? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, everything's legal. Hey, as should be. If people want to do it, let them. 
Shouldn't block the go cages. To, I'd go to Oregon if I didn't have to quarantine for two weeks when I came back. Yeah. Chicago, same way. They don't, well, they advise that you do it, but. Yeah, my job would make me, if I got on an airplane, I would have to quarantine for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Yeah, I'm good. I quarantined for three weeks when I had mono. That's enough. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. They they had to be safe, didn't they? Just in case. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was I was too sick, dude. I had a fever for like God damn. Two, two weeks. Two and a half weeks or some shit like that. God damn. Yeah. yeah. At first, I just like, it started out, I thought I had sun poisoning because I got sunburned really bad the weekend, that weekend. Mm-hmm. And like for a couple of days, I just felt really tired and off. And I thought it was just like from too much sun. And then I started getting a fever. I went to urgent care like a couple days later and they told me I had the flu. And then after like a week and a half of still having a fever. And then I started getting like, I felt like I had strep throat. So I went back and went to a doctor and got a strep throat test. And then I didn't have strep throat. And they did some blood work and they were like, oh yeah, you have mono. My liver started fucking like failing and shit. I was turning yellow, bro. Yeah, man, it was it was bad. Like I I I was pretty close to possibly dying. Holy fuck! Yeah, they told me at one point, like when they found out shit, and like my my numbers were so fucked up. They're like, if uh, if you have any abdominal pain, you need to go to the emergency room immediately. If you I was had, like, oh cool. If you had a fever, you should have tried some cowbell. I tried everything. I couldn't get rid of the fever. Even cowbell wasn't helping, man. Nah, it was that was the worst fucking thing. It was like basically two weeks, two and a half weeks of just having a fever, getting it to break for like ten, twelve hours, and then they come back. Well, I'm glad you survived it, so we could talk about this pay per view. Me too, man. Don't get mono, kids. <laughs> the kissing disease. Yeah, and I only kissed one person, and she didn't have any symptoms or ever get sick. So, I think I got it from smoking a joint with somebody. Very possible. Yeah. Uh, the Pitbulls. Pitbull number one and Pitbull number two with Francine. Uh, taking Fuck on yeah. The Eliminators. Perry Saturn Early. and John Kronos. Early Francine. Yeah, she's uh, she's pretty down. Yeah, there's history. So Jason used to be the Pitbulls manager at one point. Jason Knight, okay. So Jason Knight is yeah. with uh, the Eliminators. That's yeah, that, well, this is like the Eliminators are um, Jason's new team, and it, it's fairly recent. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's their debut, but they haven't been. It's their pay per view debut for sure. They haven't been in the ECW very long. And um, so, super young Perry Saturn. Yeah, uh, th- this match really caught my eye. Because it wasn't that crazy, like, oh, my God, it's the best work I've ever seen in my life. It was good tag team wrestling with good uh, double moves. And by double moves, yeah. I mean two-on-one moves by both tag teams, not just one being a, a badass tag team that does that. And not just because, you know, the Pitbulls have shit names. They could have named them Pitbull something and Pitbull number two something. Or you could have just gotten rid right. of the numbers and named them Pitbull this and Pitbull that. 
They could have still been the Pitbulls. Be a little bit more creative, but they um, it surprised me because they were a good tag team, and they don't even have good names. Yeah. They they put together good tag moves, and so did uh, the Eliminators. It was pretty good. The Eliminators were one of my favorite teams for a while. I mean, they weren't together very long. Pat uh, Saturn left, you know, within about a year or so from now for WCW. Um. But I was a, I was a big fan of the Eliminators, like just because of the stuff that they could do. Yeah. But the Pitbulls, the Pitbulls were a, for a power tag team, were really good together. Yeah, I wouldn't mind coming out chained up by Francine. No, not at all. I let her In walk leather. into the ring. Yeah, her ass was hanging out. Yep, uh, she looked good too. Yeah. So, Pit. Uh, not as there. They're working on Pipple number two, which I believe is the bald guy. So they're beating up the bald guy for a while. And um, does his his arm gets cut up, right? By yeah, accident? yeah. One yeah. of them, one of them gets split open by accident. Yeah, I think it's Pipple number two. Yeah, Gary, think, Gary yeah, Wolf. Guy. So the only way you could kind of tell them apart, Pipple number one has long hair. Pipple number two has, is bald. So that's how you could differentiate them. Uh, the Eliminators, one's Perry Saturn, and John Kronos is the fatter one with uh, the not tied up hair, if you guys are watching this and don't know. Uh, but, yeah, they have Jason Knight from earlier with them. And, like I mentioned, they're hitting badass uh, tag moves. They're working a lot, though, on people number two. They, uh, they hold him back for the while. He's the one getting worked on. Eventually, people number one gets the hot tag. And uh, they wind up picking up the victory. But at the end of the match, Jason Knight comes and sexually assaults uh, Francine. <laughs> and because it was more than a kiss, he pretty much tackles her to the floor and he's like. Yeah, he's like dry humping her. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, very that's, sexual. That's an assault. Yeah, that was that's pretty assault. assaultish. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> that's assault, brother. Yeah. Surprised he didn't get a case, but. Um, the Pitbulls, yeah, the Pitbulls then attack him. The Eliminators attack uh, the Pitbulls. They take advantage of the situation, and they leave uh, kind of the big bad guys that beat up the Pitbulls after the fact they lost, though. But still, they kind of leave strong. In my eyes, how I saw it after watching yeah. this, they still leave kind of strong. And For sure. Even, Two total uh, Joe, eliminations. Yeah, and Joey Styles even mentions that this isn't the end of this rivalry. This is just the beginning of it, and that kind of leads into it as well. Like, not yeah, the Eliminators lost, but they beat up uh, the Pipples after the fact. So we're gonna keep it going. I used to think total elimination was such a badass move, and I don't know why. Cause it's just it's just a double kick. Yeah. No, they they made it look good. I guess the first one looked good. The second one, Cronus was real lazy on that jump kick. Like, he did not jump real high. He was all blown the fuck yeah, up. He was blown up, bro. And he couldn't hit that second one, so the second one looked like shit. Mm-hmm. The first one looked real good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a only hit one time move. <laughs> Can't do it back to back apparently for poor John. Uh, let's see. Next match after this is, um. Probably my the favorite Mexican match. Death match. 
Uh, it's the Rey Mysterio match versus Psychosis. The Mexican death yes, match. Yes, yes, yes. The Mexican death match. Quick rule explanation for a Mexican death match. You get counted one, two, <coughs> three. I guess a submission as well would count. Then you're down for if you're down for a ten count, then you lose. So not only do you have to get pinned or submitted, you have to be down for a ten count. And I'm not too sure about that submission part. I made that up. I threw it in there just for funs and giggles. I think so though. I think any any fall, mm-hmm. any fall would have counted. Yeah. So this is what counted what caught my eye. Ray Mysterio weighs 138 pounds. He is tiny. Tiny. Psychosis weighs 190-something, I believe. So he's up there. He's more man weight than Rey Mysterio. Rey was like 19, 20 years old, I think. Mm. He was young as fuck. Yeah. And um, Psychosis dwarfs him. Yeah. Uh, Early on, Psychosis is getting a lot of his offense on Rey. He's beating up on Rey. No, actually, first Ray's using his sorry. He's using his speed and agility, goes to the outside, misses a move, and then this is where Psychosis takes over for the majority of the match. And then towards the end, uh, what the fuck did Ray do to get it back into it? I don't know. He 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 gets back into it, and do you remember how he got the victory? I wrote it down. Yeah, they uh they ended up on the outside. Yeah, there and Ray hits the Hurricane Rada off of the crow's nest onto a table and spikes Psychosis onto a table. Mm-hmm. Gets the one, two, three, and then him and Jim Monolu run back to the ring and Psychosis can't answer the 10 count. He tries to stand up and falls down. Yeah, he falls off the platform. It, he, he, he saw that well, too, in the in the fan area. He falls off the little platform there. Like, gets yeah. up and stumbles off and falls. Um, Yeah, that was... Uh, Pretty badass match with uh, Psychosis beating up on Ray for a while, and you have the comeback yeah. story with Ray. Good work, Ray. I mean, the multiple falls. It was it was a great match. Yeah, probably the best, probably the best match of the on the card. Yeah. I would say by far. Yeah, and I almost skipped over Ray's fucking. So Ray starts off pretty strong with his uh, being very agile, super fast, using high fly moves, and he gets the first fall on Psychosis, but Psychosis gets up quick. The next yep. six falls, I think, are on Ray, and he gets up at the count of ten, usually on all of them. So that's the story of the match. He's getting up at the last second. Psychosis is putting it on him. Missile drop kicks, leg drops off the top rope, landing power Power bombs. bombs. Yep. It's it's uh it's quite a display by Psychosis being the the bigger guy. He gets the he gets to put on a quite a display of moves. I I used to pick a uh, I used to pick Psychosis a lot in Revenge, I think it was WCW versus yeah NWO Revenge. NWO. Yeah, I used to pick Psychosis a lot. I my cousin used to pick uh, Juventud Guerrero, and we used to uh, we used to go for the tag titles, and um, those were our, those were our tag tag guys, and because the, they had both, uh, so I had the leg drop off the top ropes, and he had like I think a frog splash, so it kind of worked in tag. Yeah, the four fifty. Yeah, so we would time it perfect, like. That we would try to do stuff like that, have tag teams that would uh, land cool moves together. That's awesome. Fuck yeah. Though those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> Did we have a Mexican death match recently? Fuck. Uh, I know we had a collar not... match. 
In the dog collar match. Yeah, I don't think there's not that I know of of a Mexican death match. I watched too much wrestling. I, pr- I probably saw like an old one, like because I, I was I've been watching old school wrestling too. Maybe it was like I saw a different one. I don't know. That that dog collar match was pretty awesome though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they didn't they didn't just slap on a stupid gimmick and not pay uh, respect and actually do it right. Like WWE's like, let's have a dog collar match, and they're like, all right, cool. These guys are like, let's have a dog collar match. All right, cool. Let's go look at old footage. Let's take the good and let's try to improve on it any way we can, and let's put on a hell of a performance. WWE's just like, yeah, whatever. It's a dog collar match. People are gonna buy it. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I'm excited to see this bunkhouse uh, stampede match Wednesday. Uh, an AEW? Yeah. Oh, you didn't. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Butcher and Butcher and Blade versus the Natural Nightmares in a Bunkhouse Stampede match. Nice. Yeah, Dustin. Dustin called out for it. Nice. The Rhodes <laughs> Brothers. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. So Rey Mysterio picks up the win after Psychosis can't answer the ten count. After this, we have a. ECW uh, Tag Team Championship match. We have two gold Scorpio here. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, before we move into that, there was a little bit after the match when uh, Jason comes out. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about that, yeah. I, <laughs> Jason comes out trying to be uh, ask Ray if he wants can be his manager and calls him a little bitch mm-hmm. and then beats up on Ray. The Eliminators come out, and 911 comes out and fucks everybody up. And they're like, what I, What? What uh, tag team match that would be? Yeah. I just like it when Ray leaves on fucking on shoulders, yeah. 911 shoulders, jumps off the ropes, and then on to 911. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. But yeah, sorry. Now to uh, two No, 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 no. Good thing, because I forgot about that. I totally forgot about that. But yeah, Jason Knight was all over this pay-per-view. I F- yeah, a lot of lot of Jason Knight, mm-hmm. unfortunately. All right, let's see. Next match after this was two gold Scorpio, because he has two belts. You get it. He's got the television <laughs> championship and the tag team championship. I actually like these belts, the tag team belts, the ECW ones. Yeah, they, yeah, they look nice. They're traditional. The television title is the one that they kind of carried over to WCW, I guess. Um, and it, or is it an old school WWF one? It looks like the one that Hogan, the after, the, before the Winged Eagle, kind of looks like that. I'm not sure. The, I thought the heavyweight title was like a shitty Winged Eagle, but. Uh, I can't remember what the old <sighs> shit. Sorry, what the old TV title was, um, which title it was originally. Yeah, so two gold Scorpio. Sandman would be uh, no, I guess he wouldn't be double champion. So I guess Sandman lost a championship to uh, Mikey Whipwreck. I'm not too sure how long or how, how how long before this, but since that happened, two two cool Scorpio won the tag team championships by himself and gave the championship to uh, 
Sandman. Just Sandman. Yeah, since he lost his belt. Um, so he wouldn't be a cool nickname like that. Because nope. he lost the belt. Just just the Sandman. So they come out with Woman here to take on Public Enemy. Uh, Public Enemy was a fan favorite. Didn't make it anywhere else. Farouk and Bradshaw were not favorites. Of the, they... Fuck no, they beat the <laughs> shit out of them. Hey guys, uh, we're not taking the table spot. You're not taking the table spot? Alright. We'll see about that. Damn. Um, they have a dance-off before this. Too Cool Scorpio. <laughs> yeah. Against Rocco. Uh, Rocco is horrible at the, t- the dance-off. Uh, they get uh, Sandman involved. I don't remember if Grunge gets involved. Not really. Right? They try to get woman involved, and once she starts dancing, Rocco start he he grinds up all on her, and they uh, they separate them, and uh, they start the match. Um, this one wasn't that good of a match to be honest, especially compared to the Pitbull match or the Pitbulls match and the Eliminators. Um, and maybe because these guys aren't tag team champions, more Sandman. More so than too uh, too cool Scorpio. The fact that he gave him the belt yeah. kind of shows you they probably wouldn't have chemistry to begin with as a tag team. Right, and the, I mean like the Public Enemy were beloved, were beloved, but they were never that that great of workers. They were just like the first ones that started uh, introduced the tables, yeah. you know, team putting people through the tables, and like Rocco could could do some shit, some decent high-flying stuff off the ropes and stuff like that. But... Yeah, I think he does a Hurricanrana during It was kind of sloppy, but uh, yeah, too cool. Yeah, that's it. it. It's kind of, they're, he's, they're just kind of sloppy. They're not real great workers to begin with, so. Yeah. And, you know, the look is kind of funny, if you guys don't know Public Enemy. It's two older guys. It looks like they're dressed as fucking 15-year-olds. <laughs> right. I, I mean, they were dressed. They were dressed how a lot of people dressed in '95. Yeah, yeah, like 15 year olds. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, 15 year olds in '95. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, how old were you in '95, Rafa? In '95, I was seven. I was seven years old here. So I was All like, right. Razor Ramon's cool. He's. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely a Razor Ramon fan at this time. Probably only WWF. I didn't get into WCW until he jumped ship, and that's the, that's why I love. That's why I'm an NWO guy for life. When they jump ship, I jump with them. I'm like, you know what? Let me check these guys out. I'm a Razor fan. I love Diesel. Hogan's over there. Macho man, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to. I had to go check it out. And I'm like, man, this is so real. Look at them. They're fucking, they got bats and they're beating the shit out of everybody. <laughs> they threw Rey Mysterio like a dart. Yeah, yeah. As an eight, nine-year-old, that shit was awesome. And the video games. Like, that was the first fun video game I remember. Like, grappling, doing moves. Like, their whole system of, of the wrestling like, I had played the other games, uh, Raw, I think, was before that, the one with Austin on the cover. 
Um, I don't know. They were just boxier. The WWE games were just, I don't know, a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. Acclaim, Acclaim was didn't really have their shit together until they got a little later in the game. Um, anything to point out from this match? Uh, I believe this was the the last match for the Public Enemy in ECW. Um, yeah, this was definitely towards the end of their time. Like if you if you hear the beginning of the match, the fans are chanting, "Please don't go, uh, please don't go." And Joey Styles was talking about how they didn't have. Uh, a deal with ECW. They've been fielding offers from the WWF. They've been fielding offers from WCW. And I think I, I think this is their last match. Damn, do they jump ship to WCW? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember if they jump ship to WCW or if that's when they went to try out. Yeah, they did they go to WCW first? Yes, they did. Yeah, because the WWF they, one would have been later because... For the uh, uh, Farouk and Bradshaw yeah, because it was during it was during the it was during the Attitude Era, so yeah, yeah it would have been later. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about them. I thought they were there during they must have came back during the Russo era. But yeah, they did. They I remember. Yeah, they did come in in like ninety five during early Nitro. Ninety five, ninety six. That TV might as well take advantage of it. Pay him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, hmm. That's about it, though. Yeah. That's really the only thing. Oh, and the Sandman, Sandman got a, gets a shot at the ECW Heavyweight Championship off of this match because he scored the pinfall. Oh, yeah. So, later on tonight, whoever gets the pinfall gets a, a shot at Mikey Whipwreck, and out of luck, um, Sandman falls into them. It falls into, uh, I think it's Rocco, and he gets the pin. Yeah. Forgot exactly. Yeah, like all the the titles were at hand, and so was, uh, so was Two Cold Scorpio's TV title, if I remember right, too. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't say it here, but they uh, they mention it at the end that he also retains. They, I don't know how often they, they mentioned it, but uh, the announcer definitely mentions that he retains it. Do you remember at some point during the during the match, uh, Two Cool Scorpio pulls a fake arm from uh, somewhere? Yeah. The a uh, guy with a prosthetic in the in the in the yeah. Crowd. He pulls he pulls his pulls his hand and beats beats uh, Rocco with it while Johnny Grunge is outside hitting the Sandman with a frying pan. Is that why, is that why they keep Grunge out? That's a good good thing we kept going. Is that why they keep Grunge out? Grunge out is. Cut open, nasty, and just bleeding. Oh yeah, he's he's bleeding like a stuck pig. Yeah, I don't know if they, I don't know if that's yeah, yeah. I I don't know if they kept him out on purpose because of that, or if it was just so Sandman didn't have to work in the ring because he would have been blown up. And Sandman fucking shirt. It's the most disgusting thing after this. It's got blood spots all over it, the dirt from the <laughs> mat, his cigarette ashes. Beer. Sweet beer, sweat. It's just fucking... At the end of the match, it's just one of the worst things ever. Yeah, it was pretty disgusting. And does Sandman not know that like these are being filmed? Like He does just not give a fuck at all. It's like the... His... He didn't have the money for good rig attire. 
Looks like he woke up, <laughs> throwing his sneakers and like, all right, let me throw on this bandana. Pretty much, that's how he always dressed. Except back in the early, uh, early ECW days when he was Mister Sandman and he wore a fucking wetsuit. And then the ring doesn't help that it's got everyone's blood, but it's dirt. Like it's dirty. Yeah. Yeah, that canvas hasn't been cleaned in a while. Mm-mm. Yeah, maybe they should have got a new one, especially if it was going to be a November to remember. <laughs> they weren't making money back then. Yeah, I, I guess. No, you could definitely you could definitely tell how indie it was. It feels super indie, super indie. It's awesome seeing this. Like super. Th- this is raw. <laughs> like this should have been named raw. ECW yeah. Extreme Championship Wrestling Raw because it was raw to the bone. In well, some like back in back in the day, that was the the pinnacle of the Indies. You know what I mean? Like what ROH ended up becoming. Um, things like you know during the before it, it it exploded, it became a bigger organization. But when it was like the peak of the Indies, that's what ECW was. If you were an indie wrestler, you wanted to get. To ECW, if you couldn't get to the WWE or, w, or WCW. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the network either doesn't have this. I don't know what happened, but the Axel Rotten versus TJ Smith match isn't on there, and it's an A. NA. Did it not happen? Yeah, I it happened, but some of them get edited off the feed or. Don't end up on the network. I don't know. It's happened with other ECW pay-per-views. It's happened with... Uh, I, I remember Conrad and... Uh, a, an old WCW pay-per-view. The same thing happened. And I don't know if it was... Something on the ECW end. And when WCW... Or when they uh, WWE got the library. That's the version they had or what. But Maybe it was just Axel Rotten being too brutal. Axel Rotten was known for being way well. From what I, from what I've seen, he's too. He goes too far. Maybe not for ECW, could, but for my my taste. Yeah, could be. I don't know, but I mean, the last match is pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The last match is, yeah. Like and, uh, to think, like what could Johnny, he have done that could have been worse, or like. Why is it off of there? That's what that was. Why I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. That's I think. I think it might have gotten edited off the the home video release, mm. and so, then it just ended up being like an ECW Hardcore TV match or something. Okay. So Axel Rotten defeats JT Smith in that non-available match. Um, after this, Bill Alfonso is taking on Ted Gordon, and Ted Gordon was the commissioner or the on-screen commissioner. <laughs> Yeah, Todd was the uh, commissioner and part owner with uh, with uh, Polly. Okay, he he's yeah, he, he was the on screen commissioner. He was there when they threw the belt on, right? He was part of the deal with it. Yeah, Todd was like the original owner of Eastern Championship Wrestling, I believe, mm-hmm. before Polly came in. Okay. Um. Bill Alfonso defeats uh, Todd Gordon. Beulah McKillicuddy is the special guest referee. Before oh. Bill Alfonso decks the shit out of her with a clothesline. They would have never let this happen in WWE. 
No. No. He, he hit her pretty hard. You hit her pretty hard there, Rick. Yeah. Beulah looks so good, too. Yeah. So, what's the deal with Beulah? Was she, like, the super hot one that was kind of, like, the good girl that wasn't as hoary as Francine? She came in with Raven during his feud with Tommy Dreamer. And originally, because, like, in the original feud with Tommy Dreamer, Raven was a kid that Tommy knew when he was younger and he was a bully, too, or whatever. So, he was coming back to get his revenge. Beulah was a fat girl originally who had a crush on Tommy as a kid, and now she's a fucking... Smoke show? Yeah. Okay. Uh, like I said, I need, to go, I need to go back and watch some early ECW to get this. She was... It, yeah, she was a little... There was a... I wouldn't say she was less slutty than Francine because there were some storylines with her where she was a little bit of a whore. Can't blame her. Can't no, blame not her. at all. Nah, can't blame Tommy for snagging that up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Bill Alfonso defeats Todd Gordon with the help of uh, Taz. Yeah, this is uh, this is the the debut of uh, the 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 original uniting of Taz and Bill Alfonso. And if you guys don't know who Bill, Alfon- Bill Alfonso is, he was the W. He was a WWF referee, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He was a legitimate uh, official for a long time, and was worked in the WWF for a while. And uh, I think he did some matches in WCW back in the day too. Yeah. So before that, he ended up, that was crazy to see him here first, and then go back and watch matches. And I'm like, wait a minute, Bill Alfonso was a real referee. I'm yeah. like, no, I'm like, that was just a fucking, that was just a, a, a thing that they had in uh, ECW, but no, he was a real ref. and Yeah, yeah, and the WWF in like the, the early 90s, 91, 92. And then went on to 93. Super, super fucking annoying, but played the character awesomely. That character that he played was crazy good. <laughs> the asshole with the whistle? Yep. As a manager yep. for RVD, Sabu, Taz. Taz. I don't know who else. Uh, I think that's it. Because he was with Taz, and then he turned on Taz, and then he was with RVD and Sabu. <clears throat> Maybe so Rhino. I, at, I don't remember. At this point, does he stop being a referee and he becomes a manager? Yeah. Okay. And uh, Bill Alfonso was brought in by the franchise, right? Because he thought, uh, or he didn't think, he was accusing Sandman uh, or the commission of cheating and not yes. doing the right thing. So he brought in Bill Alfonso as his referee. And I guess this is Bill Alfonso breaking out and uh, becoming manager. And then eventually we, we'll see him manage the top stars here at ECW. He got some color here. Yeah. Yeah, I get some nice color here. Well, pretty much everyone got some color here. So I'm he, surprised Francine see, and Beulah didn't. He has a match with Beulah at one point later on, and he gets some serious color that match. Uh, Fonzie? Yeah. <laughs> so so for a shoot during the um like during the the raids and shit of especially like Eric Bischoff. It 
because Paulie's a fucking psycho. He got somehow got Todd Gordon's uh, voicemail password or passcode, right? So you know how like back in the day you could call yourself like from somebody else's cell phone, you could call and when you'd go to get your voicemail, you hit like pound and hit your code and it would bring up your, you could access your voicemails, right? Mm-hmm. So Polly had gotten a hold of Todd's and found some messages from like either from like Terry Taylor and Bill Alfonso about like people like stealing people, guys jumping ship, them going to WCW and making a bunch of money and all this other bullshit. And so like Todd got fired and so was Fonzie. And as part of the storyline with, Shit, he had this match with Beulah, and basically this match with Beulah saved his job. Damn. He went out and got his ass kicked, but put on a hell of a match for somebody who's not a wrestler, mm-hmm. and it basically saved his job. Gotta do what you gotta do. But yeah. Yep. Yep. We saw what happened at Disco Inferno when he didn't want a job for Jacqueline. It's fired till he agreed to do it. Yep. Came back and still had to do it. Old Disco. Can hear him on Keeping It 100. <laughs> With Glenn Gilbert. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he's a co-host on Conan, on Conan's show. I've never listened to it, but... Me either. Conan sent me a DM on Twitter about it one time when I followed him. Nice. Yeah, that's I'm that I'm that asshole that does that. But there's people that add me like fake profiles that like they have like a they add a bunch of people with like a, a hot chick picture, and then like yep, a month later they switch it to their ugly ass picture. Yep, and they're like from like a third world country and shit. So what I do is when someone uh, when someone adds me. And the first thing they do is message me, and they're like, hello, how are you? I'm like, fine, you should check out Full Heel Podcast. Here's a link to my podcast. <laughs> that's not an a- that's not being an asshole. You're just, like, hitting back a robo thing. Yeah, I'm giving it back to them because sometimes they I just, engage. This is a robo thing sending me a thing telling me I need to listen to his podcast okay, okay. just because I hit the follow button yeah. on his Twitter. It's like an automatic response yeah. thing. Yeah, so yeah. I just hit I hit him back with this. It's like, you guys want to get me? I'll get you real quick. Right. That's funny. I think that's funny as shit. Because uh, some guy tried to talk to me about Bitcoin. He wouldn't leave me alone. Like, I ignored him the first time, and then he came back at me. He's like, so he's like, hey, so do you know anything about Bitcoin? And uh, I checked out his profile, and he was like a Bitcoin salesman. So I'm like, um, I'm like, yeah, I've heard about Bitcoin in a couple podcasts. And he's like, He's like, would you like some information on Bitcoin? I'm like, nah. I'm like, would you like some information on my podcast? I'm like, do you listen to podcasts? He's like, no, not really. I'm like, but you should listen to my podcast. And then I give him the link, and I'm like, yeah, it's a really good podcast. Just me and my buddy talking about wrestling. He's like, ah, I'm not in a podcast. And I'm like, it's a really good podcast. <laughs> it's a really good podcast. You should check it out. <laughs> and then I just never get off the subject, and he tries to get back to Bitcoin. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. No, 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 my friend. Full Hill Podcast. Podcast, yeah, Full Hill Podcast. 
Um, all right. Mikey Whipwreck taking on uh, Sandman from earlier. Because, yeah, Sandman. Because he uh, <laughs> he won the number one contendership, so he's uh, he's gonna he's tired, but he's got to go through with it. Jeff, he's got to he's got to pull through. He's got it. Yep. And get his yep, revenge on Mikey Whipwreck. Muster up that shit and go get that title. Yeah. Oops. What? God damn ECW. It's a swerve, yeah. bro. I'm going for that ECW title. Uh, st- the debuting Stone Cold Steve Austin. Is he debuting? Uh, it's his in-ring debut. Okay, he had been he'd cutting been, promos, right? Been as Steve Amania. Promos and vi- yeah, doing doing promos and vignettes. As, uh, yeah, he's, he's superstar Steve Austin. Okay. Here. Um... So Stone Cold beats up uh, Sandman and he's walking to the ring. And how ironic that Stone Cold will later on go on to use the beer drinking gimmick as his gimmick to get super over and become the biggest fucking wrestler of all time when Sandman was doing it here and he gets to beat him up on the way out. That promo he cut in the ring was very Stone Cold-ish, though. Yeah. Yeah, these are are the steps of Stone Cold. And he'll jump to WCW, right? No, he just came from WCW. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. He'll jump to this WWF. This is when he jumps to WWF. Because yeah, he mentioned yeah, yeah. Bischoff, yeah. Yeah, he got fired. He got he was he got hurt, he got fired, he was sitting at home. Bicep. Polly right? called him. Yep. Polly called him, told him to come up and do some promos and shit while he healed up, make a little money. Yeah, so we get to see the birthing of the Stone Cold character. He'll uh he'll go on to be the what is it the ringmaster and then uh what is it chili willy isn't that what they wanted to give him instead of stone cold uh no chili willy was a guy in ecw they were gonna call him uh ice dagger okay something weird with having to do with ice or cold yeah ice ice dagger or something like that (laughs) he was gonna be like a fucking dog sled rider yeah uh, but uh, he gets beat here very fast by uh, Mikey Whipwreck. A quick roll up in uh, under five minutes. So, not a lot of offense. Um, this is when this is before Austin had changed his style. Before he got too old and before they broke his neck. So, go check that out. Uh, Whipwreck pulls. Yeah, he hits his. Uh, it's. He hits his old his old finisher, the stun gun, yeah. on Sandman, mm-hmm. on the on the rail. I remember the stun gun, Hollywood Blondes, baby. They actually released a Hollywood Blondes fig with, I think it's the uh-huh. television title of Austin. I need to get it. It's on Ringside Collectibles right now. Yeah, I remember seeing it uh, on Ringside, and I think. Uh, Maybe on the Major Wrestling Figure podcast. Yeah, I think they did an, unbox- an unboxing for Stunning Steve. Oh, no, that was for the... I think that was for the Hollywood Blonde set. Did... They, I know they have a Brian Pillman Elite that I never picked up. I wish I had. Maybe maybe it was just the Stunning Steve. I, th- I thought for some reason it was the Hollywood Blonde They They might have done a, a basic two-pack two set. 
they do that sometimes. They'll release two packs. I don't buy the basics because they don't, they don't have that as much articulation. Right. Yeah, yeah but uh, so Whipwreck wins by pulling Austin's tights and getting a three count and getting out of there. He was getting beat up. Austin was taking yeah. advantage of him. Uh, poor Mikey. Yeah, poor Mikey. But he walks away with his title. And sure um, they were they were trying to boost up the well, not trying to, but you know they're they're putting their title up there with in the ranks of the other world titles. So they're saying Austin has had been to WCW, had won their television title, had won their United States title, and had won their tag team title. But the only title that had had evaded him was a world title, and that he was trying to get Whipwreck's world title. So they're they're putting it on the same level, and they have to. It's their fucking company. It's their it's their company's top. Top championship. Yeah, it's the belt. You got to put it over. Yeah. Um, Austin doesn't get it done. Whipwreck wins and uh, leaves beat up. Uh, next match after this, which we forgot to mention earlier on, uh, Pauly Dangerous came out and just mentioned or just told the, the guys to turn off the lights. And then Sabu came out. They shook hands. And then he promised the, the crowd that they were going get, to get Sabu. And they did. Yep. Sabu versus Hackmeyer. Yeah. The Shaw of ECW. Mm-hmm. Um, these next two matches kind of uh, are the epitome of ECW in terms of how hardcore they get. And yep. I think they did it right by gradually building from this match to the next. Because the next match is just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, this one, it's uh, it's Sabu. It's classic Sabu. Um, he incorporates his chair moves, the the leg drop off the top rope. I forget the names of them. Um, yeah, Arabian face buster. Mm-hmm. He does his, what is it, the reverse uh, hurricanrana thing that he does off the top rope. He he does a lot of his Sabu moves on Hack Myers. I'm not sure who Hack Myers, and maybe you could fill me in a little bit more on Hack Myers. Hack was just like an uh, indie journeyman guy who became... Over because of the ECW crowd. Okay, because he was just a big dude here that maybe was kind of mm-hmm. hardcore. I'm guessing from from what I see. Uh, yeah, sort of. Was he, he just was like he was just like a long-standing ECW guy. Yeah. And the ECW crowd, you didn't always have to be the best guy to get over. Just sometimes, just certain shit. And so the crowd always got behind him when he would punch they would scream out shaw 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 and if you ever ask yourself how how gimmicked were these items you know the tables and all this and all the uh hack myers goes to the crowd to grab a chair and literally comes away with someone's jacket a regular chair that they're using to sit on which has to be a real chair he grabs it and hits sabu with it and the chair stays oh, yeah. on it, <laughs> or the the jacket it stays on it through the remainder of the match. Some guy lost his people, jacket. People, people used to just bring <laughs> shit to the arena, like the during the Public Enemy match. Uh, at one point, Johnny Grunge hits Sandman. He's hitting him with a frying pan. Somebody brought that to the match and handed that out to them. That. There's there's one time somebody had a cheese grater 
like the old school big block. X X Ron had to be in that match. I I I think Tommy. I remember Tommy. Tommy. Okay. I think it was Tommy. Because I know Axel Ron did the whole barbed wire thing on the on his fucking. He's yeah, got, he's got the lines of the fucking barbed wire on his fucking forearm. Oh yeah, We're just I mean he, he's been been in play. Well, they they said he used to have the barbed wire baseball bat. Okay, yeah, that but... was uh that was Axel's thing was the bar him and his him and his kayfabe brother Ian the the Rottens that was their thing was the barbed wire baseball bat and then Ian went on to start uh, IWA Mid South in Indiana where like a lot of Guys in the punk Daniel Bryan era got some of their starts. I I went to a show that had like three rings that were different elevations. It was uh, Windy City Pro Wrestling. I, I I went to a couple of different shows of those. And, uh, yeah, I've heard of Windy City Pro Wrestling. Yeah, one was in Indiana. Uh, one was in Wisconsin, somewhere in Illinois. I went to a couple of them with my with my cousins. I know even one was Colt on used TV. to do work for them. Cole Cabana. Oh, okay. Okay. I remember I, when I used to listen to the Art of Wrestling a lot, he used to plug mm-hmm. Windy City Pro Wrestling events that he was appearing at and nice. shit. I remember one uh, yeah. RVD was at one of them. It was pretty badass. We got to fucking see him after the show. He was in the like the main lobby entrance. He went and was there after the... Uh, he was the last man. He was all sweaty and shit. It was nasty. We were like, ugh. Like, yeah, yeah, ugh. No thanks. I'm out of here. Um, yeah, no, like I said, classic Sabu. All the chair spots, flips over, does a not a tope, does a what a swanton onto a hack Myers onto a table. You get your, you get your classic Sabu spots with chairs, tables, whatever. They just don't overdo it. They they're not in the crowd. They're not backstage. They're not. They they keep it simple. As simple as you can with a hardcore match, you know. Right, right. As simple as you can for a Sabu match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, wh- wh- he hits his uh, the face crusher, I think, to win. I yeah, it was. yeah, the, Arab- the Arabian face muster. Yeah, he does that, and he pins uh, Hack Myers. Gets the three count. They get 12 minutes and 55 seconds. And um, awesome, uh, awesome Sabu match. I th- I think it could have been better, but I think maybe they just threw in Hack Myers because um, it was going to be a job they, for Sabu. There's they no needed story somebody behind, to, yeah. to work with Sabu. Yeah. Nah. And Hack Myers' style doesn't really play up with Sabu too well either. So, But, yeah, it was it was a, it was a Sabu match. Mm-hmm. Um, next match after this, and you can tell how much more of a fan attractions they they knew they were because they had two non-title matches after a world heavyweight title match right uh they have terry funk with tommy dreamer tagging against raven and uh bang bang cactus jack um i believe this is cactus jack on towards the end of his run too mm-hmm. yeah because we definitely start getting mankind soon Definitely yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, what can I say about this match? Well, like I said, uh, Sabu and Heck Myers had their hardcore match, but they didn't overdo it, and I think it was perfect f- 
to lead into this match that did everything and anything possible. Uh, Cactus Jack stabbed or was stabbing at uh, Terry Funk's arm at one point. Raven was covered bloody. His head was covered in uh, barbed wire. They fought all over the arena. Uh, Tommy Dreamer was cut open. I, I, well, I think everyone was cut open probably by the end. Yeah, I, I Dreamer hit Raven with a VCR. Yeah, that like there was a trash can full of stuff, and like in the the ring was a mess. Like we talked about how dirty and messy it was. Yeah, it gets even worse, like ten times worse mm-hmm. because now there's items scattered everywhere. Uh, pans, metal objects that uh, Terry Funk is hitting Cactus with. He's hitting Raven with. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's it's ECW to the max. It's it's what the fans wanted. It's uh, it's what put them apart. Like it just wasn't like a regular hardcore match which Sabu and Myers had, which wasn't a regular hardcore match by any sense because it was Sabu doing his arsenal of moves. But by regular, I meant chair and table this one literally they threw everything in the kitchen sink mm. it was ridiculous <laughs> literal stabbing from cactus jack to terry funk in the arm like with a fork yeah he's he didn't get it the first time and goes back at it and then you see it start gushing as all right i got it can move on from this spot now <laughs> Oh, Cactus, you didn't get my arm bleeding. Uh, fucking shit, man. It, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. ECW. ECW. Uh, 13 <laughs> and a half minutes of just complete and utter violence. Uh, Mayhem. Stevie Ray comes out, and uh, he, he's showing his support for Raven. He's part of Raven's flock, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Stevie's always been attached to Raven's hip. Whether it's in W or ECW, WWE, fucking WCW, he's always been with Raven for one reason or another. You know what was fucking awesome that I forgot to mention that I'm, I'm glad I didn't brush over? Uh, and you're right, this is towards the end of Cactus's run. Cactus has Kamala... Um, he has, uh, yes, no, yes, no, the Zodiac, and he has, uh, oh, yeah, he has the Dungeon of Doom shirt yeah. on. Yeah, the Dungeon of Doom, and, and then he has an Eric Bischoff shirt. Yeah, and he has a heart over, and it says Dungeon of Doom in the back, and he has an Eric Bischoff shirt on there. And it's a whole story of him kind of just leaving or him saying that that company's better. Does he go to join the Dungeon of Doom? No, right? No, no, he's... He's he came to ECW from WCW. Okay, yeah, from the- he got he got he got fired because they said he wasn't basically wasn't good enough, and then um, so he's like he's ribbing at the Dungeon of Doom, saying like these guys are good enough to be wrestling Hulk Hogan and main eventing with Hulk Hogan and doing whatever, but I wasn't. Like, come on, dude, he's got he's got a fucking we're- point. Especially this character it was, oh, yeah, of, for uh, sure. of Cactus Jack, it's it's super believable. It's it's uh, not that mankind wasn't, but mankind was definitely a character. Character this this Cactus Jack is it, he is hardcore, but he, he's more believable than a mankind. If 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 you Dude, had to put them side by side, Cactus Jack in WCW was great. Mm-hmm. His work with Vader. I think me and Ryan just like, covered him in Vader. 
in 90, I think. Yeah, there's an episode of uh, WCW Saturday Night where he gets... He, I think he gets power bombed on the on the bare floor or whatever, and it kicks off this whole storyline of him like having amnesia and not remembering who he was and shit like that. It goes on for a while. It was a really good fucking angle. Early, earlier, I guess Cactus Jack and I guess his before his mankind and dude love. I guess it's Cactus Jack, but he had great storylines. His whole uh, not not hardcore thing with uh, yeah. Whipwreck it was, right? Yep. And he was he was tag team champion of them, right? And he turned on him and then he became the non hardcore guy. <coughs> yeah. I need to go back and yeah, watch he had, that because he like, had turned on Mikey. He he has some good, good storylines. Like this one right yeah, here, like he, the ECW thing, it's awesome. It's like how, how he's incorporating it to that. There's some great promos that he cut too back that they used to show on the hardcore TV that kind of what got Jim Ross's uh, well, Jim Ross's attention already had on Mick Foley from working with him in WCW, but yeah, his promos there were the same thing that kind of helped Austin get him yeah. signed. In '98, when he's facing the Rock, he's like, "I guess I got a big hill. I mean, rock to climb." Like in one of his promos, I remember that one. That's kind of clever. Pretty sure that was him too. <laughs> like, I'm sure. Man, Mick Foley is so underrated. People need to go back and watch his career. I'm gonna go back and, and pay a lot more attention to it. Earlier on, like his his Mick Foley or his uh sorry, his mankind characters, yeah, it is awesome. But I need to go back and watch this. Uh, pay a lot more attention to the storylines he had going on as Cactus Jack in WCW and here in ECW. Yeah, 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 for sure. WCW, like I said, they fucked up. They had they had something good with Cactus Jack and you know, them getting rid of him to bring in Hogan's buddies was the best thing that could have happened to Mick because he, he got to develop the character more here in ECW and then go on and be successful as fuck in the WWE. That won't put button the seats. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor Schiavone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what else more I can say about this match besides it was just pure chaos, pure ECW. It was a shit show. Yeah. It was a tag match with no tag. No one, well, you don't have to tag because it's a four way, it's a four corners. It was a fucking, yeah, it was a fucking tornado tag match. There's There's no rules. Buckets, shovels, paint objects. It's just, it's ridiculous. VCRs, yeah. Yeah. ECW, man. Pretty, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a definitely a raw. Yeah. It's a it's a different and raw presentation of pro wrestling, and you can see why it was popular back then. It had his niche niche uh, fan base. Fuck yeah! I mean, so it was like somewhere. It was after this. Maybe man. Maybe it was around this period of time, like when I first discovered ECW, but obviously wasn't watching pay-per-views. And it was only sporadic because it was coming on at Saturday night at like 1 or 2 in the morning before I started like taping it religiously and stuff. But, you know, I was 12, 11, 12, 13 at this time. 12, I think. I think I just turned 12. Mm -hmm. So 
like discovering this shit when you're 12 years old, uh, my my fucking mind was blown. Yeah, I can imagine. I could because I grew up watching WCW and WWE since early '90, and then all of a sudden there's this. Well, what the fuck is this? Extreme. Yeah, no, it, it definitely was extreme. And especially in the 90s where everything, they were trying to put extreme and everything. This was extreme wrestling. Yeah, yeah. This was that thing where, you know, people may have thought WCW was, and WWE, those that was fake. But ECW, you know, it might have been real. Well, yeah, the, look at the blood. That's why... Right. That's why right. like Bruce was super pissed about the blading when when they were giving out the. He's like, you can give away secrets about bombs and like that are matches or whatever. He's like, but the fans believe the blood. And he's like, when you gave away the fucking secret of the blood, you a lot less people believed at that point because a lot of people believe blood. Blood sells. Now you can't blade at all Mm-mm. in WCW or WWE. Gotta be for the real. boss will, the boss will find you. Yeah, no good, no good with the blood. No bueno. No bueno. Uh, lot of blood, lot of blood over in the other station. Yeah, yeah, they're they're bleeding a lot. There's a lot of blood on the pay per view, wasn't there? They saved it for the pay-per-view. yeah. Yeah, a lot of blood on the pay per view. I mean, a lot of barbed wire. Sammy, Sammy bled. Enough for everybody in the elite deletion match. He got the back of his head busted open, going through a table and hitting it on the concrete. Mm. Yeah, but then uh, yeah, the the match with Mox and Kingston was pretty bloody. All right, Jeff, that was the end of the pay per view. I want to thank you for helping me out and breaking down this pay per view. Anytime, brother. Thanks for having me on, man. Uh, no problem. Um, we got to do this more often. I'll see when when we can do this again. And uh, yeah, probably do another ECW, or we could switch it up. Up to you, um, dude. I'm always I'm down to talk whatever. I we can talk any brand. Yeah, I'm just trying to put out content whenever I can. So we could talk wrestling. Um, like I said, we usually do ECW, so we could do whatever we want if we want, or stick to the ECW. We'll see. Uh, thank you, Jeff. Uh, do you want to say anything before we get out of here? Yeah, it's good to be back. I don't have anything to plug anymore, really. So, uh, <laughs> please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Hit that like button. Uh, Mondays, usually me and Ryan are breaking down wrestling or watching wrestling. So go ahead and subscribe for weekly Monday episodes of Pro Wrestling. Weekly Thursday episodes of Football on Full Heel. That's uh, my buddy Frankie and his buddies breaking down football, soccer, La Liga, Liga Mekis, Bundesliga, all that good stuff, Champions League, Europa Cup. Uh, They talk it all. So go ahead and subscribe for Thursday episodes of that. And Saturdays we have our fight companions. Me and my buddies breaking down the UFC fights or boxing, uh, usually any fights that are going on, we watch them, break them down, give you our thoughts on them, and we would like to hear your thoughts. Drop your comments, 
smash that like button and hit that subscribe button. Really helps out the show. Uh, once again, thanks, Jeff. And um, oh, Rafa, yeah. I do, I do want to remind the Full Heel Podcast Nation of one thing: Ryan didn't wa- even watch WCW. <laughs> we called him out on that. Remember? Yeah, we yeah. Him. We called him. I we even called him out on it. He's trying breaking to breaking down shit. He didn't even watch. Yeah. He doesn't even know. Trying to call the demise of it. <laughs> I had to. I had to slip that in. Um, love you, Ryan. Love you, Ryan. Love you, Jeff. And um, love you too, brother. I love all you guys, and uh, I'll see you guys next time on the Full Heel Podcast. Mm-hmm.